it was a disappointing weekend in Sacramento for Orange County SC as they fall 1-0 to Sacramento Republic. They're going to look to bounce back as they travel up the 405 to face Galaxy 2, Los Dos. Hey, and they've brought in a new face, although I probably won't learn how to say the name for a few weeks. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. As we are underway from the champion soccer stadium, first time into the box, it's a great ball, and a Moltsin! Oh, it's a world-class goal from Orange County! Chablo, Chablo will have a go off the deflection, and it finds its way in. Selmo shooting from the corner, he put it in! And there will be no second opportunity as Andre Rawls shuts it down. This ball finds the top left corner, and Orange County has struck again. Past Hashimoto, Sackford shooting, scoring! Escalante sits on it, and Rawls somehow was ready. And I fight. And I fight over the top, and it down, it's in! Orange County equalizes! What a debut! Not only for the stadium, but for Sola Abalaji. Are you ready, Orange County? This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast and on Facebook at Orange and Black SoccerCast. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to another preview episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club. I am your host, Ray Samora. I'm with you each and every episode as we talk uh, all things Orange County Soccer Club. And uh, joining me this week, we're going to have Dylan. Hey, Dylan, how's it going? Pretty good. How about you, Ray? Hey, it's going well. I'm glad to to have another voice, another Orange County Soccer Club fan voice here other than myself. Typically on these things, it's been myself and then talking with maybe some of the experts of other clubs. But for this episode, we're going to just have some uh, fanatics of Orange County Soccer Club. So that's that's good to hear. All right. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about the loss that we just witnessed this last Saturday as the good guys, Orange County Soccer Club, traveled up to Sacramento to face uh, Sacramento Republic. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll also look forward to what we have going on this next weekend as we make the trip up the 405 to Carson as Orange County faces Los Dos. And then uh, we'll talk a little bit more. Uh, We had some uh, breaking news actually that happened yesterday uh, with some roster movements here with Orange County. So we'll have a pretty good episode here. And then we'll, uh, you know, Dylan and myself, will try and make predictions of what we're expecting or what we think will happen in this next matchup. Does that sound good for you, Dylan? Sounds great. All right, perfect. Before we get started, though, I want to remind everyone or let everyone know that the Orange and Black Soccer Cast has joined forces with other USL podcasts and actually other soccer podcasts. We've joined the Beautiful Game Network. It's a collection of podcasts that are dedicated to the beautiful game that we call soccer here in America. And there's a lot of great USL podcasts there where you can learn about all of our wonderful opponents that we face out here in the USL. Uh, beautiful Game Network, uh, the website is bgn.fm. And you can also fill, follow, find them on Twitter and on Facebook to follow along. And again, you can find our podcast there along with many others. All right, so this Saturday, uh, this past Saturday, uh, wasn't the greatest uh, of nights for Orange County Soccer Club. 
Uh, we entered the match against Sacramento Republic FC, just a point behind them after they had lost to Real Monarchs earlier in the week. So we had an opportunity to go into that match and, uh, you know, try and leapfrog over Sacramento Republic in the standings. And unfortunately, um, a solid defensive effort came up just short as we just could not find a way to get the ball in the net. Um, the, well, I mean, Dylan, did you, uh, do you agree with me on that, that it was a good defensive effort, but, uh, you know, just some issues there of trying to score? Yeah, I would, I would say it was probably one of our, our better defensive efforts of the year. I would say that overall, I would say the team is probably really unlucky to have not gotten a point. It, it, I, I totally agree with you. And, and I mean, really it's sometimes when you were watching that match, uh, it seemed that it wasn't just Orange County versus Sacramento, but it seemed like Sacramento had a little bit of help there from some of the match officials out there. You know, there was a card happy official there that night and it just seemed like he was all over Orange County and just wanted to cart us up. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say that it's just uh, Orange County or that, that there's any match fixing involved in, in our, in the USL, but um, a, I've noticed that that particular referee, the head referee has throughout his USL appointments been pretty card happy. Um, I generally err towards the side of not being super card happy and letting the game run itself, but however it worked out, it is what it is. Um, we were unlucky with that second yellow uh, for Joe Amico, but it was also something that could have been avoided. Yeah, one of those things, uh, I mean, it was unfortunate that uh, Joe got that second card there, especially being that it was, I think it was in extra time, or if not, it was really close to the end of the match there. Um, it's one of those things as a player, you got to know that you're going in there uh, with the card already in hand and with a match official that likes to show those cards throughout the match. And uh, so that was uh, definitely uh, a little disappointing to see when we when I saw that on the match. And then also you saw, uh, again, a solid defensive effort, effort from the team. And especially, you know, Andre Rolls has been amazing between the, the goalposts all season long, and he put in another solid performance which should have probably been a a clean sheet for him. But unfortunately, again, we I, I know it's always cliche to talk about the, the match officials, especially if you're on the losing side. But uh, again, it was a questionable call on there when uh, the match official uh, whistled for the penalty. Unfortunately, I don't have any notes in front of me. I can't remember who it was that uh, he called the penalty on. But I mean, really, you look at the lone score was that penalty and it's sort of disappointing to see do you do you um have that information i don't know i hear you clicking over there dylan i think it was uh Awuzu ansa who uh ran into bjf yeah it, and and i'll say this there was contact right uh it was it was awkward um, it, it was and it i would was say awkward. it was definitely a penalty even you, you, as an orange county fan um you would say it's definitely way, a penalty yeah just the way that he um came in and got I mean, he completely blocked him from going anywhere, but he came in late and after the ball had been moved. So, I guess I guess you could I, say that. I, I I think maybe probably for me, it's it's it has part to do with you know what had happened earlier in the match with some of those um, quick cards for the Orange County players because I think when I was watching match, at least the first three cards that were shown were all towards Orange County players, and I'm not saying they weren't warranted, but especially when it's early on in the match, I think Joe Amico was the first one with. Uh, a card and his was rather early in the match. And it's one of those things where you would love to see the, the match official sort of, you know, let the game play out a little bit. And if things continue, then maybe um, whip out the card. But like you said, you may have noticed that he's uh, 
this this match official is a pretty quick uh pretty quick to give the cards it seems like definitely um pocket happy but again going <laughs> back to Rawls I would say he he had an amazing night um like you said he's been super solid but also uh Walker Hume put in a really good shift had a couple good blocks later on so those two definitely probably one of my t- like two of the top performers of the team for the night so definitely uh you got to love that uh you got a, a solid keeper there between the sticks and and I think other than the um, U.S. Open Cup match, Andre Rolls has been spectacular uh, in pretty much every match he's been out there. Uh, you know, unfortunately, the one match where you, you know, if you lose, you're out, he had a, a bad night. But that wasn't just him. That was also the defense lack of concentration out there. And like you said, yeah, uh, Hume was excellent there on defense, especially, uh, you know, with the in and out that Alex uh, Cornelli had been having recently uh, for, for Hume to be able to, you know, put in that solid performance it's excellent you love to see this uh this team put in those types of performances and again it was a solid defensive effort that just i mean when you give up a penalty like that i mean you can't blame the defense it's just uh you know you're in the wrong place at the wrong time with something like that and 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 i know you know we're harping on this this ref stuff but it was interesting because i was uh listening to one of our bgn uh, uh fellow podcast uh uh, back chat uh, they uh, are the podcast for Colorado Springs and they were actually talking a little bit on their match how they too were a little disappointed in some of the stuff that they saw with match officials um, in their match and um, you know this is I'm referencing them but they were uh, providing information that uh, USL officials uh, seem to be pretty underpaid compared to some of the uh, other matches even when you look at some of the NCAA matches um, it seems to be more lucrative for uh, match officials to go call a NCAA match than a USL match. So that might play into what we're seeing when some people get frustrated with some of these match officials. Undoubtedly. And I feel like it's a, it's part of the growing pains for developing soccer in this country. Um, it's not something if we're just now getting kind of like the second generation of us players who grew up playing and we're having a, a Pulisic coming in and, We've got uh, Julian Green and players like them. It's a little bit different to find refs who are at that level and will be at that level. Um, no one sets out to aspire to be a ref when they grow up, so I can imagine how it's it's a lot more difficult to find that. Um, but I think as the USL gets a little bit more, uh, gains a little bit more in stature as it's been doing for the last two, three seasons, we'll probably get better and better refereeing. No, I definitely uh, agree with you. It's, it's, you know, USL is still a pretty young league. Um, soccer in America is still a pretty young sport. I mean, it's growing uh, by the day. Uh, you know, I could have never imagined even 10 years ago that there would be not just one, but two, you know, professional leagues of soccer in the United States that are actually pretty, pretty well off in where they are right now. I, I know, uh, you know, MLS is, is its own thing, its own entity. Uh, doesn't quite follow the world's, you know, structure for, for soccer or what, you know, the rest of the world might call football. Uh, but it's still, you know, great to see the the growth of the sport. And, you know, you mentioned some of those key players. I mean, the the future is pretty bright for U.S. soccer. And, and I think in a future episode, we'll get a chance to talk a little bit about world soccer, especially with the World Cup coming up. Uh, but, you know, you, you got to if you're a U.S. soccer fan, I mean, it's it's a good time to be a U.S. soccer fan uh, for sure. 
So um, one of the other things I noticed with this match uh, against Sacramento is the missed opportunities. The, the Orange County Soccer Club had quite a few opportunities, especially they did a really strong late push. I mean, maybe it was a little too much too late, but uh, or too little too late or whatever the saying is on that. Um, but, you know, there was quite a few, at least I, I think I counted at least like four or five opportunities of some good shots on goal or good opportunities where they just didn't get a great uh, shot. Uh, one of them that just sort of pops to my mind off the top of my head is um, Selbel, uh had a through ball, perfect through ball, and his shot went up, and I believe the Sacramento keeper got his fingertips on it. But, I mean, it's one of those opportunities when you have the one-on-one with a goalie, you have to almost always uh, seal the deal on that, or, it. I mean, it's a, a lost opportunity. What do you think, agree. Dylan? Yeah, no, I would definitely agree with that. Um, similarly, I think, I don't remember if it was before or after that, that chance um and if Olsen himself had one on a, on a through ball kind of through balls that we've been putting through all season um just didn't get a good enough clean enough uh touch off to get it past uh cohen but i mean it was pretty obvious that he was extremely frustrated and that he knew as much as we knew that he should have scored that um i don't want to put too much on him for not scoring that had he tried to go around the keeper we might be sitting here saying oh he should have just one touch that and put it in the back of the net um, but in a in a quick split second decision like that, I feel like we were unlucky to have not beaten the keeper both times. Um, but we know Cohen's a good goalie. We had him two seasons ago. He was he was pretty solid for us. He was solid for Phoenix last year. So yeah, definitely. Uh, it, it, it and it's one of those things though. Uh, I know we're talking about the Sacramento game, match, but if you know, anyone that lets listen to any of my podcasts in the past, it feels like it's it's maybe almost a recurring theme. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just being nitpicky. Um, but I, I feel like there's been many opportunities in in the matches where it seems like we should at least be getting you know a goal here, a goal there, and we're just we're we're I don't know what it is, and it could just be that you know it's it is the USL. I can't expect it to be like, you know, the the Premier League or La Liga or something like that where, you know, these opportunities are never missed or almost never missed. But still, it, it's it's part of that whole uh, what could have been because definitely with the opportunities we had in this match, um, Orange County definitely had a chance to win, uh, especially when they went down the stretch. There was They were putting the pressure on Sacramento, and I almost felt like they're going to be able to at least get that goal to equalize Um, And it just never happened. So, you know, tough luck for Orange County. Uh, You know, it's it's it sucks to not be able to uh, move up on the table and get ahead of Sacramento. But it's still, you know, plenty of games to go in the season. And Orange County is still in a great spot. So you can't complain too much about that. So uh, next on the docket for Orange County, uh, we have a matchup this upcoming weekend. And luckily for Orange County fans, even though it's an away match, it's one of those matches that are wonderful that you can just, you know, drive, what, 45 minutes, 30 minutes up the 405 over into Carson, and you get a chance to see your team on the road, and they'll be facing Los Dos. What do you think, uh, what, do you, what are you expecting in this matchup uh, from Orange County, Dylan? Um, I, I have to say, uh, Los Dos have made a massive improvement on the first time that we played them. Um, it will be interesting to see. I think if we have another solid defensive performance like we did against Sacramento, I would say that we could handily get three points, um, especially if 
the attacking performances continue. Um, it's only a matter of time before we put another three or four on on target, like we have against Fresno. Um, but I think also there's a good amount of, of fans from Orange County who are able to go up, and hopefully that gives them that little push just to get them over the line. No, definitely. And, you know, I was I was looking all over the internet, Twitter, Facebook. I was I was trying to find uh, where I could find maybe an expert on Los Dos to come on and actually talk a little bit, like I've done for the uh, previous couple of matches. Because I find it always interesting if you can bring in someone that knows the team or that follows the team. Uh, or covers the team in the media, you can always just get a little bit of information. I mean, USL teams, it's its definitely hard to get information on USL teams, especially because there's a lot of roster turnover from year to year. Uh, you have a lot of players coming up and down from MLS. So when you can get someone that follows the team on a daily basis, uh, like we did when we had uh, Chris Lefty Brown from Fox Trot Pod or um, uh, our guest from Indomitable City Soccer, uh, William Hodges, uh, you know, it, it definitely just it's nice to get an insight on that just to get an idea of what the other side looks like. And, you know, unfortunately I wasn't able to get someone from Los Dos, uh, that follows Los Dos or galaxy Two, however you want to say it to come on over here. So, but I'm looking forward to the matchup, you know, again, you talk, we talked about, you know, the traveling crowd. I think orange County is going to have a nice contingent heading up to the match up the four Oh five. I don't know if you're planning on heading out there, Dylan. Unfortunately, I can't make it out there for the match. I wish I could, but, um, you know, it's definitely going to be interesting. And, I think, uh, I don't know, they have that young player that's been, uh, that I think had a crazy good uh, hat trick a few weeks back. Um, it was like th- a hat trick in like, I think like nine or 10 or maybe 18 minutes. I don't remember exactly what it was. Uh, do you, I don't know if you remember or you, you recall um, on, on that anything, Dylan, but I mean, I don't even know if he's playing or if, did he make it his call up to Galaxy because of that? I know he's really young, like 15 years old or something like that. Yeah, so I think it was mid-15s, might have been 16, 17 minutes, right around that. Um, Efren Alvarez, Alvarez, uh, his older brother actually played for us last year, um, Carlos. Now he plays uh, over in Vegas. But yeah, looking at his Wikipedia page, his birthday is in 13 days on June 19th. Um, so that's that's pretty crazy to think that this kid is, is probably a sophomore in high school and is playing professionally. Um but yeah, he earned his call-up to the Galaxy. I would expect to see him probably playing. Uh, yeah, I think anytime you can get a, a player that age the minutes, I mean, you have to do that. I mean, it's it's crazy that he can't even, really, he can't even drive on his own right now, and he's, you know, getting a paycheck playing professional uh, soccer. I mean, I think it. I think there's quite a few 15-year-olds that would love to be in that type of position. Uh, I know we have one on our roster, um, the goalie, uh, Cervantes, I think is his last name. Yeah. And, uh, it's it's amazing, but I, I, you know, just watching the highlights on that match and just watching him, it, I mean, it's a, it's a shame that uh, that the U.S. couldn't hold on to him and that he's now actually looking to to represent Mexico because you know talking about Pulisic and Julian Green, I mean, to add another young player like that um, would have been an amazing future for U.S. soccer. Although we still have that, but it sort of uh, sucks that he slipped away from U.S. soccer there. Yeah, I mean, and and he has slipped away, but I would say it's just another example of the quality that this this country is putting out now. Um, it's no longer just Donovan and Dempsey and uh, Tim Howard. Now we we've got all these young guys coming in, and that that's a lot. There's a lot to look forward to, especially in four years. Definitely, uh, you know, it's it sucks that they're you know. 
I, I was hoping to see Christian Pulisic, you know, honestly in the World Cup this year, and it sucks that he won't get a chance to do that. But you know, hopefully in four years down the road, he'll be hitting more of his prime years uh, as a soccer player. Uh, hopefully by then he'll have moved in maybe to the Premier League, uh, you know, and gotten a, you know that that really really strong experience that comes with a league like the Premier League, where you're pretty much playing a quality team every each and every uh, week. I think that's like one of the only leagues in the world where really every single game give you know except for maybe one or two you have like you know a solid uh, opposition there. But um, uh, you know, looking at this matchup against Los Dos. I mean, it's it's tough because I think Los Dos has been on a pretty good run lately. Um, at least when you look at some of those matches, and and again, it seems like Orange County has yet to sort of find that that spark of magic that was happening earlier on in the season, where they were dominating their opponents on on both ends of the field. Uh, so um, you know, anything can go here in the match up in LA. I think. Uh, I'm looking at their run of forms between those two teams, and it looks like yeah, it yeah, looks three like wins for LA. Three uh, wins, one loss, and one draw for LA, whereas Orange County has two, three two, losses. and one. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's that's tough, you know. So you got two teams that are coming into it. I know Orange County is sitting higher up on the table, but uh, LA Galaxy, you know, with more wins in their last five matches, and I mean, you look at some of those wins. I know, you know, you can't really. I hate to do this sometimes, but I mean, you look at their last win, I think was what against Tulsa. Um, I don't know if you can really count that as a quality win. I think uh, pretty much everyone is beating up on those Oklahoma teams this season, but then you look at, uh, they, they faced LA or sorry, Las Vegas um, dominated Las Vegas seven to two. Uh, Their other win St. Louis six to three. So they've been, uh, they've been ticking offensively. Uh, luckily for Orange County, the defense has been their strong point. So it's going to be sort of that. Uh, I don't know if uh, you watched WWE went back when it was called WWF, and you had like Andre the Giant versus Hulk Hogan. It was I forget what they used to call that the the immovable force and whatever whatever they say. But it seems like you're going to go the 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 offense that's clicking and the defense that's clicking. Who's going to give up or who's going to falter the most there? So. Um. I don't know. Have I have you, you? You've probably been to a match out in L.A. or no? Yeah, I went to. We ended up having I think two of them last year, um, both against Los Dos and then in the Open Cup against uh, the first team. And um, so for Los Dos, I know they play like on that smaller track field, um, not the main stadium there. But what's their following like at the matches? I mean, from what you've experienced in your match last year, do they get a pretty good crowd, or um, is there an opportunity for Orange County to try and uh, take over that stadium? Um, I would say they they don't bring a big crowd. They probably maybe a little over a thousand, um, and that and that's true of most two teams, uh, and especially a very young two team like Los Dos. I would say, unless Orange County brings a lot of vocal members and a lot of loud vocal members at that, it'd be difficult for them to to make it into similar of a home match. But um, there should be a good contingent of, of people coming. Uh, at the very minimum, probably a lot of people from County Lane Coalition will be coming up and and having a good time. 
Well, there you go, Orange County fans. You gotta, you gotta answer the call there. You need, we need to get as many of you out there. Like I said, I won't be able to make it out there. Unfortunately, the month of June is always tough for me. Uh, I have uh, two younger sons. Both of them have their birthdays in June, uh, and then other things get sprinkled around with some other family members that have birthdays in June. So typically in June, I'm booked up almost every weekend, and I would love to make it to every single match that I could. Um, but it's it gets difficult when you, you're doing, uh, you know, you got little kids that need the birthday uh, celebrations and uh, whatnot. But I'm sure Orange County can go out there and represent, and hopefully the the crowd can get behind uh, County Line Coalition. Uh, they they do an excellent job of of you know energizing those players. Uh, you you can see it each and every match. At the end of the match, the players show their love back to those fans. Uh, you know it's it's appreciated what those guys do out there on uh, in the stands, uh, keeping everything going. And if you ever get a chance to stop by over there and 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 you know listen to them, hear some of the chants, just even chant along with them, uh, make everything louder. I mean, it would be awesome one day if if we can make it happen, Orange County fans, if we can get you know. A majority of that stadium chanting along sometimes it would be amazing to, to hear a whole stadium getting loud out there and, and really giving your players some love so um but um what do you think uh for this match against los dos do you think uh orange county can pull off the victory i do um like i said earlier a solid defense is probably the the beginning of that and um i think and Voltson can link up with whoever else is surrounding him. I know it, it changes seemingly week to week who's kind of up there with him. Um, Anavoldsen and Bjorman seem to, to match up a good amount, so I'm sure they could do some damage. So what do you think? What's the uh, what's your prediction? What do you think the final score of the match will be? Um, I'd say probably 3-1. Uh, 3-1 Orange County. 3-1 for the good guys. And uh, I know it's always tough to do, but do you have an idea or do you have just sort of a guess you want to put out there on who's going to score those three goals? Oh, that one's a lot more tough. <laughs> I would say Anavoldsen will probably at least bag one. Um, I'd say probably uh, Aiden Quinn. I'll give him one. And uh, probably Mark Segbers as well. He's been he's been threatening. So I'll Do you think he'll be you think- more? You think he'll be back in the lineup for the matchup against uh, LA? I, I I think he was missing out of that lineup from the Sacramento match, um, but um, definitely you know Mark Zegbers. I mean that's you talk about some of these times with some of these MLS guys. Mark Zegbers is is pretty good out there. Um, you know it's you know he he's he's got the energy and he's he's already proven that he can score against this USL competition. So so you got Enavoldson. You said you had um, Aiden Quinn and Mark Seikbers as your three goals. Yeah. All right, cool. So 3-1. So my prediction, I'm going to not be as nice um, as far as the amount of goals, but I'm hoping or I'm thinking we're going to do a 2-0 shutout um, against Los Angeles, Los Dos. Uh, and, uh, um, you know, I want to see, I want to say, and I, I'm hoping to see it, I want to see uh, Koji Hashimoto get a, another nice uh, free kick uh, into the upper corner, either either corner, upper right, upper left. Um, like he had early in the season. So I'm going to predict, predict maybe him as a goal. And let's say, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a crazy limb here. Probably won't happen, but I like to do these crazy things because that way when they do happen, I can say, see, you should have listened to me, but I'll say, um, Hume, Hume's going to get a, a goal off like a corner kick or something like that, or a free kick. He's going to get up there and get his head on the ball and get something in the net. Um, and then again, with that score two nil, we're going to have a, a clean sheet for Andre Rawls, who's been amazing in goal. And I think he'll continue to do that. All right, so we've gotten the prediction there uh, for the match. 
Uh, thank you, Dylan, for your prediction on that. I know I put you on the spot there asking for the goals, but uh, thank you for uh, playing along again. Some of their, uh, some of some of that information out there and giving us some names of some goals there. But uh, what I want to talk about next is some roster movements. Uh, for those of you that follow uh, Orange County on Twitter or uh, follow the great uh, Angels on Parade uh, blog, which is part of SB Nation, uh, they've always done a great job of covering Orange County. Uh, whether you know back in the days when it was Orange County Blues or more recently as Orange County Soccer Club, it's it's nice to see that they've shown some love to that team on their website. Their website's dedicated to LAFC, so uh, the fact that they still cover Orange County, even though LAFC's you know in action now, is nice. So um, they uh, released the information. Uh, it was heard today that it was heard today that. Uh, Orange County made a roster move. They signed a player and I'm going to totally butcher this. And then Dylan can go on and correct me because he did the research um, and found the correct way. But the player they brought in, Joss, who, who I don't know. How close did I get there, Dylan? Um, I'm, I'm just estimating based off of some uh, British announcers, but uh, Joyce Hoiveld. Joyce, Joyce Hoiveld. Joss. Oh, Joss. Joss. See, so anyone that has listened to our uh, podcast, our previews here, uh, know that there's certain names that just trip me up. And one of them has been Alex Crognally, Crognally, however you say that name. Um, and now uh, it seems like Crognally, Crognally, how do you say his name, Dylan? It's it, <laughs> uh, From where I've assumed it's either Crognally or Crognally. Okay. I so. think the G is silent, but... Yeah, it's, you know, that's that's the wonderfulness of the English language and these names that have different backgrounds is, I mean, pretty much you can butcher almost any name nowadays. But so Alex Crinelli, uh it looks like he he was recalled up to Columbus Crew and in his last matchup there, it looks like he scored a goal. So um, it's looking more and more like he's going to be a permanent fixture up there in Columbus, at least for this year, because who knows where Columbus is going to be next season. But uh, with the adding of the guy that came over, um, again, I'm going to butcher his name again, Hoyveld? Yeah. Did, did I get it? I got it. That's yeah. my best Ooh. guess. Apologies okay. if it's wrong and yeah, they're and, listening. Yeah. And, and, Both and to Alex and Yoss. If anyone wants to to tweet at Orange Orange Black Soccer Cast, so that's uh, at OCSC underscore Soccer Cast, uh, tweet us you know, a clip of how to say the name, uh, and hopefully we can get it right. And uh, but, you know, with the signing of the guy, I'll just do that for now because I don't want to look up his name again and try and butcher it again. <laughs> <laughs> but the signing, he's a center back, a big guy, and he is a experienced player. Uh, he's played in the English Premier League, the EFL Championship. Uh, he's played in the Eredivisie. Uh, and I think he's played in a few other leagues around the world. But he was part of a Southampton team uh, in the early, was it the early 2000s or the early 2010s uh where yeah, he 2011 helped, i think was yeah he signed. helped he was one of the key players to help lead southampton back up into the premier league uh through promotion um promotion that's a great thing by the way uh u.s soccer uh but that's a whole different subject <laughs> uh but so you're bringing in this experienced guy he's 34 years old but he's very experienced he has uh, experience around the world in quality leagues so you can expect him to be able to bring some of that experience in there um one of those things that we've had of recent uh, is, you know, I'm not saying that our players that have been playing 
are not experienced. Every player that pretty much plays in a Premier League has some sort of experience. But when you had someone like Richard Chaplow in the in the lineup early on in the season, you had an experienced player who's been in big game situations around the world in some of the tough leagues. And by bringing in this new guy in the center back uh, position, uh, you're bringing in another player that can provide some of that that quality world, you know, competition leadership uh, to a USL squad with a lot of players looking to, um, you know, get some some quality minutes and and learn how to win out there. So uh, do you have you I, I didn't get a chance to do any research on this guy because I had some personal matters I was dealing with today. But I don't know if Dylan, if you got to at least maybe read his Wikipedia page or is there anything that you were able to find or see when you looked at maybe some of those highlights of him of what we can maybe expect out of him? He's big. Um, <laughs> a lot like Walker Hume, he's big. and But, I mean, obviously he's got over a decade on, on Walker, I think. But bringing with that experience, um, he's big, at least from some of the YouTube videos that I was, I was trying to catch up on before, before recording. Um, seems like he's not afraid uh, in the opposing box either. So um, that brings us more than just uh, Walker and needing like a, a late free kick or a head in the box for a corner. Um, it seems like he offers a lot on the field as well. Um, and playing with Chaplow back in Southampton, um, I imagine that will help a lot with him getting sorted and getting him fit into the team. Definitely. And, and I, I, I... I hate to put everything. I'm, yeah, I know he's not all all size, but you can't teach size. Sometimes, you know, that's the the saying that people say is you can't teach size. But along with that, he has the experience. He has some skill out there. So he's not just a big guy out there that's going to just you know be a big body to to try and get his head on the ball. Um, he's he's got the experience as a defender. Again, like you said, like we've said in the Premier League and whatnot. So you know he knows what to do. Now the the big question is whether his 34 year old body will be able to do the things that are going to be expected of him uh, on a, a weekly basis, or is it going to be more of a rotation type player? Uh, where he'll maybe rotate. We'll have a like a three center back rotation with Walker Hume, uh, the new guy, and uh, Thomas Jewel Nelson uh, in the back line. Uh, you know you can't you can't be mad about a back line like that. It's it's you know again it's USL, but it's still a solid back line. When you look at someone that's played in the Premier League, someone that was at one time thought of as a future you know MLS you know star prospect. I mean you got two guys right there that. Uh, a couple of years ago, you would have loved to have on your roster. So, um, you know, the it, it, it's sad that we probably will be losing Alex Cornelli because he's been a key piece of the defense when he's been with Orange County. But at least when you have this new guy that's being added, and let me pull up his name again because I want I got to learn it, so I just got to keep repeating it. Um, but Huyveld, that's what I'll say for now. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> but you're bringing him in. He's actually on a contract with Orange County. So now Orange County controls his, um, you know, roster placement. Whereas with Alex Cornelli, uh, you know, whenever Columbus wanted him, they can say, Hey, send him back to us. We want him. And that, that sort of hinders, uh, your planning as, uh, you know, the coach or the manager of Orange County when you can't really rely on a player being there each and every match. So hopefully, hopefully we got someone in there, you know, if, you know, maybe if only for the rest of the season or maybe for another season after this, you have just a quality player out there that we can rely on at least being on the roster throughout the, the entire season. So that's great to see. All right. So, well, it's been a, it's been a fun time here. Um, 
Dylan, uh, you know, you, we, we just sort of met recently at, at the match, uh, was it the match against Fresno? Uh, I went out and talked to, uh, County Line Coalition. They, they're great guys out there. Uh, they've been very supportive in me uh, trying to get this podcast going and uh, there's been some support from them wanting to come on and and speak their mind so i appreciate you dylan for coming on here um do you want to sort of just give the fans i mean because i know a lot of the fans that are probably going to be listening are part of the coalition uh but i'm I'm sure there's other people around the world that are are wondering okay we've heard ray's voice for a few a few weeks now about who's this dylan guy do you want to just give some ideas uh uh you know your history with orange county and just with soccer in general uh, yeah, I mean, at least for Orange County, um, I found this club after opening up a football manager save, um, or a football manager save for North America, and seeing some preseason matches, and then seeing a team called the Orange County Blues, and then going on Google and searching these Orange County Blues and finding out that they played in Irvine, and from there, uh, went to my first match of like two weeks later, I think, and. Saw a couple more that season as they snuck into the playoffs. Um, and the last day of the season, I think they beat Colorado 4... I think it was 4-0 at the end of the game. And uh, watched them take down Sacramento, actually, in the first round. Um, Cohen, then playing for Orange County, making a big save for us. And then got involved in the County Line Coalition. Um, got kind of shepherded in, and ever since then, been uh, spending my... Spending my Saturdays screaming my face off in the uh, on the t- in the end line. Well, that's I mean, can't complain about that, right? I mean, it's it's amazing. I talked about it uh, last week with William Hodges of Indomitable City Soccer. Uh, it's 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 neat to have that small team feel, um, you know, especially in the greater Los Angeles area because you don't tend to get that as much in a bigger city. Um, typically in the bigger cities, you have the big professional sports and you have very limited access to some smaller access teams. Uh, the amazing thing with Orange County is that stadium is su- such an intimate stadium. Wherever you are in that stadium, you're like right up on the pitch. Uh, you know, like I, I mentioned, like the players show love to the to the supporters out there uh, in the bleachers after every match. I mean, they're showing love to the, you guys for, for helping uh, cheer them on. So uh, as someone who's, you know, rather... N- rather new to Orange County as far as getting into uh, the matches and, and really trying to focus on it. I, I've, I've followed them from afar for a few years now. Uh, this is my first uh, year, first season, where I'm really focused on this this team, and it's become an amazing thing because, uh, again, it's, it's, it's just awesome. It's such a different sports experience. So you've, you've learned that. You've become a big supporter. I'm on my way to trying to come to out to as many matches as possible, uh, but... You know, regardless, I mean, if you're in Orange County, you're listening to this podcast, you you pulled up this podcast thinking it was something to do about Orange County, you know, whatever, or you thought this was something about a a famous TV show that's on Netflix. Uh, You know, you listen to this podcast, you in the Orange County area, come on out to a match. It's it's awesome to see stuff. Uh, It's awesome to see these players out there giving it their all in the field. And it's just a neat fan experience. So um, that's my, my my pitch there for Orange County soccer. And uh, Dylan, I, I, you know, it's been a good run here. I, I think it's it's good that we can maybe end this podcast here. I want to thank you for coming out uh, and joining me. And, and, you know, I think we've talked about it. You're going to be trying to join us uh, in the future as much as possible. Uh, for those of you listening, again, this is one of our preview episodes. 
Um, if you're wondering why I keep calling these preview episodes is our official launch is actually going to be in a couple weeks here in June. We're in June now, but in a couple more weeks, we'll actually have our official first episode. Uh, these preview episodes have just been an opportunity for me to uh, make sure I have everything up and running properly. So when we say we have an official episode, it's going to sound official. I don't want a official episode to sound like it's, you know, pieced together, put together uh, rather poorly. I'm, I'm a stickler for good quality and good sound. I used to be a DJ. Uh, I used to DJ weddings and stuff like that. So I, I want things to sound great because when I'm listening to stuff in the radio in my car, I want it to sound great. So that's why I'm calling these preview episodes. And part of it too is, you know, bringing people on like Dylan, who's going to hopefully join me through many of these episodes. And, you know, it's, it's a growing experience. I, I appreciate you, Dylan, for, for being on here today. And, you know, We'll get there. We'll eventually have a lot more of a, a smooth back and forth there. It's it's our first time doing this uh, as a team on this, and we'll keep things going, and we'll have other voices on here as well. And uh, I'm working on getting some players onto these episodes too. So um, I appreciate you for coming on, Dylan. And uh, any last things you want to say to our fans out there? Uh, hopefully I'll see you guys Saturday. If not, see you in a few weeks. All right, so get out there Saturday to support Orange County in Carson as they face Los Dos and we're hoping for a win. Dylan says 3-1. I say 2-0. Either way, if, if either of us are correct there, it is a positive outcome there because it would be a full three points. Oh, one last thing I want to say again, we are part of BGN, the Beautiful Game Network. You can find them at bgn.fm and there's a lot of great USL podcasts there. Um, one last thing is if you follow me on Twitter, um, you will see that our podcast has committed to donating to playing for pride and uh, we committed three dollars per goal in each match and where are we at right now i think we are at zero because we didn't score this last match against sacramento so orange county players if you're listening we need some goals out on the board because i want to get some money out of my pocketbook and we've made that commitment so if you guys score 10 goals in this match hey i'm gonna be going broke 30 dollars in one match but uh with that said i want to thank everyone for uh, checking us out. If this is your first time joining us here, feel free to go back to some of our older podcasts and see what we're all about. Uh, for those of you that have returned and keep returning, thank you so much. We wouldn't be able to do it without you. Uh, and with that said, this is Ray signing off. Podcasts are a great way for your business to advertise to target audiences. And the Orange and Black Soccer Cast is looking for advertisers like you. If you're interested in advertising your business on our podcast, please email us at info at orangeandblacksoccercast.com. The Orange and Black Soccer Cast has joined forces with many other soccer podcasts, many of them focusing on the USL. We're now part of the Beautiful Game Network, bgn.fm.